This episode is brought to you by 2 Before Performance Nutrition. 2 Before is a natural sports performance supplement made from New Zealand blackcurrant berries. There's a growing body of evidence behind these berries for improving endurance and kickstarting recovery. With a sweet and tangy berry flavor, you can mix it in water, juice, sports drinks, and smoothies. For optimal results, drink daily 30 to 60 minutes before training. Use code INDIANA30 online at 2before.com for 30% off 20-pack products and free shipping. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Indiana Runner podcast. My name is Josh Puccinelli, and this is my portion of the podcast where I sit down with some of the best coaches and athletes from around the state, past and present. We discuss the highs and lows of their running or coaching journeys, the key insights they've gained along the way, and often dive into the bigger picture beyond the course of the track, the things that make them human, not just elite runners or coaches. The following is a conversation with 2012 Franklin Central grad Jason Christ. Jason was a four-time All-State finisher in cross-country, finishing second his junior year and four-time All-State finisher in track, winning the 1600 his senior year. Upon graduation, Jason made the unfortunate decision of joining the Hoosiers of IU. At IU, he was four-time first-team All-Big Ten in cross-country, multiple-time All-Big Ten in track, and once All-American honorable mention in track. Jason is currently Indiana alumni all-time number 17 in the 3K in 756.98. During this conversation, we talked Jason's start in the sport, his journey from running in basketball shoes for two years in middle school to eight-time All-State finisher, handling success early on, competing against two of the best individuals to come from Indiana, what motivated him in high school, what it was like finally getting a state championship, choosing IU, Big Ten competition versus national competition, progressing year over year, where life and running has taken him since IU, and much more. Jason was a killer on the grass and the track, but in conversation, he's easygoing and down-to-earth. It was very clear how much team it mattered to Jason. Everything he did in high school and college was to advance his team's goals. As I mentioned, I loved hearing the ups and downs of his journey from running in basketball shoes in middle school to becoming a state champion and All-American. Thank you all for supporting this podcast. We couldn't do this without you. As always, hope you enjoy this conversation as much as I did. Without further ado, I give you Jason Christ. All right, Jason, welcome to the Indiana Runner podcast. How's it going? Uh, good. Great. It's a, it's a good day. I'm happy to be here. Absolutely. Uh, how was the summer? How's fall going? Have you done any traveling? Anything exciting going on in life? It's been a pretty busy summer. Um, not a whole lot of traveling. Um, I did go to Cincinnati for a weekend um it's for a bachelor party and it happened to be my bachelor party oh, cool. uh, because i'm i'm getting married in uh, a little over two weeks so the summer's just been a lot of you know wedding planning um still been you know working full-time and doing a lot of running as well so it's it's just been go 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 all summer yeah absolutely do you feel ready for the wedding like is everything in place or are there still some loose ends I, we have most everything put in place. Um, it still doesn't feel real. <laughs> like we've been engaged for um, about two years now. So this whole time it's just been kind of like, oh, it's so far away. Like we don't need to really worry about anything. And then now that it's almost here, it's we're not like scrambling, but it's just kind of like making sure we didn't forget anything. Um but everything for the most part is in place and I, I think we're ready. Okay, nice. Where's the honeymoon? Uh we're actually going to Hawaii. 
Um, oh, sweet. Yeah, never been there before, but we're both super pumped to go. Um, you know, it's just a gorgeous place. We have a lot of um, different activities planned, so we're hoping it's going to be a lot of fun. Yeah, absolutely. So you said you're you're getting back into running. What does that look like these days? <laughs> oh, gosh. Uh, it doesn't look like it used to. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's been a journey. Um, so after I graduated from IU, um, I kind of put the brakes on running. Um, you know, I didn't really have any desire to try to do like any sort of professional or semi-professional running. Um, I was kind of ready to just take it easy for a little bit. And um, I kind of took that to the extreme and took it too <laughs> easy for a long time. It was probably three or four years before I started to run with any sort of regularity. Um, but I had a, a buddy um, kind of get me back into it a little bit. And um, at first it was just, you know, a little run here and there, um, like a track workout. So for a while I was on this regimen of like, you know, we'll do a long run of like, you know, about 12 miles and then we'll do a track workout. And like, that's the only running that I was doing. And it's, like, as we all know, that is not very conducive to, you know, you know, fitness and general health of your muscles. Um, I can tell you that I ended up straining my calves, like, I don't know how many times just because I was, you know, doing track workouts, like doing 200s and 400s and not. So would you do nothing in between? No, no. Uh, <laughs> I did like a little bit of easy running, but most of it was like you know, going on a jog with one of our dogs. Um, he really loves running. So I got a three or four mile jog with him and it's not a, a very quick pace either. So yeah. very leisurely. Yeah. What, uh, but, so what kept, kept you out of it for so long? Was it health or you just burnt out or? So I wouldn't say that I was ever feeling like burnt out, um, like mentally or anything like that. Um, like I, I've always had a good relationship with running and even, you know, towards the end of my collegiate career, I wasn't thinking like, oh, I'm so ready for this to be done. Like, I just want to you know move on with my life and, you know, do normal life things. Um, it was more of just like, uh, it was taking a toll on me physically. Um, like there were so many times where you wake up in the morning and you're like, okay, well, that the groin is a little sore, my knee's a little sore, the ankle is sore, and, you know, you go take your morning run and, you know, take a few miles easy or whatever, and it kind of loosens up, but just, like, going through that cycle of, like, every day you wake up, you're just, like, you just feel like those little nagging injuries that seem to never go away, and that soreness, um, it's just always there, so I was ready to not feel that every day. Yeah, that's definitely understandable. So now getting back into it, how does it feel like thinking about your past self, thinking about the IU days? Like, is it tough to compare where you are now to where you were then? Or are you pretty okay with kind of just how things are? A little bit. Um, I finally made a decision like about two years ago. Um, my main running buddy, um, he kind of convinced me to start taking it more seriously. Um, so I started to put together a plan, um, you know, had a, a full mileage buildup plan. 
and um, had some target races put on a schedule. Um, so it had a, a whole thing that made complete sense and everything. And um, just doing that and, you know, getting back into that rhythm and flow of running uh, gave me a lot of confidence moving forward again. Um, in the beginning of that, it was, it was definitely tough because, you know, I'm out there running easy runs at, you know, eight minute pace. And I'm like, man, that feels kind of hard. <laughs> that's, <laughs> uh, you know, that's almost walking, you know, at this point, almost 10 years ago. Um, but I just, the more I kept doing it, the the better I felt, you know, the, the faster those times started to get. Um, but what I think helped me the most in like stopping myself from comparing myself of the past was putting some new distances like on mm. on my goal list so that included you know doing half marathons and I even did a full marathon uh, last year so it's like something new to shoot for you know I had never run a full marathon before um, you know I've run half marathon distance you know hundreds of times but never put an actual half marathon race time on the board so um it it gave me something to shoot for without having to be like okay well i ran this time you know 6 years ago and i'm <laughs> so much slower now but um just being able to kind of have new competition within myself was a, a great help yeah that makes a lot of sense um how those races go so um the first one that I was shooting for was the Indy mini marathon last year. Um, training was going really well. And that was like my first part of the big buildup um, when I started to take it seriously again. Um, training was going really well. And then about two weeks before the race, I ended up straining my calf on a long run of all runs. Mm. Um, and that was extra great because I was like, two and a half miles away from my car when it happened and I, I couldn't jog back. So I had to walk back the whole time, just Dang. fuming. Um, so that was a long, long walk, but ended up not being able to run that. And that turned into like a, a pretty terrible nagging injury. It just took forever for it to, you know, fully heal so I could get back into it. Um, but then the next big target was the monumental marathon last year. Um, and that went, about as well as I could have hoped for. Um, I don't know if you know much about the weather that day, but it was... Oh, it was terrible, windy. right? Yes, like one of the windiest days I've ever run through. And I don't know if you're familiar with the marathon course, but um, it's it basically like the first half, you're just going pretty much straight north to the north side. And the <laughs> second half, you're going pretty much all the way south, back down to where you started. And the wind was like super strong coming from the South. So over that whole second half where it was already hard, yeah. um, you, you have to face the wind and I was, you know, just dying, um, ended up running like two hours and 55 minutes. Um, solid. Which was, it was about my goal. I, I wanted to get under 255, but, uh, that was close enough, um, but the main goal was to put a time on there so I could get a Boston qualifier. And I, I think I ran fast enough to do it. I just submitted my registration uh, like last week. So we'll see if I get in, but it should get in. So that was your first marathon ever? Yes. 
Yeah. That's a terrible experience. Yeah. It, I cannot tell you how many times I wanted to quit. (laughs) (laughs) And I, I don't think I could have done it. Um, if I didn't have my main running buddy, his name's Garrison. Um, he had actually run the Chicago marathon. That was like, I think three weeks prior to that, maybe, maybe four weeks, three or four weeks. And he crushed it. He ran like 243 at Chicago. Um, and he had actually gotten COVID in between those races as well. Um, but he, he made it back, um, into like semi regular running right before the monumental. And his plan was like, yeah, you know, I'll take you through about halfway, you know, just give you someone to latch on to shut your mind off and, you know, I'll get the, I'll get the pace. Right. Um, and I, I felt great for the first half. Like I, we were, I think like 85 minutes through halfway, um, which we, we kind of wanted to be a little bit faster because we knew we had the wind at our back. We thought that that would make it a little bit easier to hit my goal time, um, which may, may or may not have been true. I don't know. But um, once I hit about mile 14, I was kind of like, okay, I'm pretty tired. Um, <laughs> and then I hit mile 16 and I was like, okay, I'm really tired and I've got 10 miles to go. And I told Garrison that and he was like, okay, well, uh, I'll keep running with you. And it like it I just kept going deeper and deeper into the pain cave and he just stuck with me the whole time. I knew he was hurting because he had just run a marathon, you know, lifetime best three weeks prior. Yeah. But he he stuck with it. Um super grateful for that. Um he took me all the way through I think like twenty two miles and then he was like, I gotta stop, man. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Thank you so much. But I'll see you at the finish. Yeah. I uh so I did a long run this past Sunday, like my second longest run like ever was sixteen, and I got to the the end of it, and I was like, man, ten more miles, like I don't know. Once you get into those those teens, and you've never done a marathon before, it just gives you so much respect for for the oh, marathon yeah. distance and the people who can do it at a super high level. Absolutely, I mean, it, having done that and knowing how it feels, it gives you a whole new perspective you know looking at the elite marathoners and what they do like it's it's just wild i can't believe the human body can actually do that honestly it's so crazy um well cool we uh (laughs) this has been the longest intro to date setting new records um (laughs) but we start every episode off with what's called tier talk so we rank our top three in a certain category and so this is a running podcast after all. We've kind of strayed away from running themes, so we're getting back to it. Uh, but it's your top three best feelings in distance running. This episode is brought to you by Boo. As runners who are out in the sun daily, we need a reliable, effective sunscreen. Boo focuses on delivering real results by using FDA-approved ingredients specifically designed to prevent skin aging, even under the most demanding conditions. Their innovative, scientifically proven skincare solutions are designed to work harmoniously with your active lifestyle, ensuring your skin stays youthful, vibrant, and resilient. Indiana Runner Podcast listeners can get 10% off their order with code IRPODCAST at checkout. If you're looking for a sunscreen to support your active lifestyle and want to support the podcast, check out Boo today. Uh, Do you want me to go first or do you want to go first? Sure, go ahead. Okay. 
So my number three is the everyday training run that feels euphorically good. So like, I don't know, you're just going out at easy pace, seven something, eight something pace. Um, you're not going hard, but it just feels like you could go forever. Like it just feels like you're floating. Like that's one of the best, best feelings in running. Number two is finishing a hard long run. Cause I feel like the last, I don't know how many miles, last quarter of a, of a long run just feel, it's always grueling. So just getting to that finish, you feel accomplished. It's usually on a weekend, usually weekend morning. So you have the rest of your day knowing mm -hmm. you like got that out of the way, you just feel so accomplished. Yes. Like that's my number two. The number one, probably by far for me at least, is coming down a home stretch of a race and realizing you're about to win or PR. Um, like turning that last corner, you see the clock, you're like doing the quick math in your head, like you know that you got got your PR. Um, I think that's probably the best feeling in running. Oh, yeah. yeah, that is so awesome. Um, so yeah. for me, I'm going to say number three, um, when you crush like a really hard workout and you feel like it was – you know, relatively easy, like, you know, that it was supposed to be super hard and it, even if it was, but you just came out of it and being like, man, that was, that was awesome. Um, that's my number three, uh, number two, which this may surprise some people, but it's number two, uh, but kicking someone down to win a race. Mm. Um, that's one of my favorites is just, you got someone in your sights and you got like a hundred meters left and you know, you're going to get them and you just go past them before the line. That's, that's one of my favorites, but my number one um, is definitely winning a team championship. Mm. Um, I think it's something that is pretty rare for a lot of people, um, you know, being a part of a group of uh, a group of athletes that, you know, are all working together for a common goal and to like actually accomplish that goal. It's, I mean, there's only so many team championships to go around and, mm -hmm. you know, winning one, no matter what lev level it is, you know, whether it's a conference championship, state championship, um, or even just an invite championship. I mean, it's, it's always a lot of fun. That's a good one. I, I like that, that team aspect of it. I didn't really think about that. Um, well, cool. So our second icebreaker is what's called a car talk. It's the, the random thoughts you have in your car, when you're showering, while you're on a run. Um, I can go first with my serious one. So this uh, this actually came from a we my girlfriend and I were at Target and I was looking at like the the notebooks and there was you know like there's always a section of like corny quotes on the front of the the notebooks yes. and I started reading this one and it seemed really corny at first but I feel like there's some some truth to it. Uh, but the the kind of the gist of it was that happiness is the difference between expectations and reality obviously that's a pretty simple view of happiness there's a lot more to happiness but I feel like that's that's pretty true like you in a lot of ways expect things to go a certain way or expect the future to play out in a certain way and when it doesn't uh, it can let you down and so I feel like I don't know. You don't necessarily have to like bring your your view of life down, but just being realistic about about things, about your present situation, about what things, how things could be, uh, I feel like can lead to a lot of happiness. And then my yeah. my less serious thought is 
um, how much of life is boring tasks that we have to do? It's so like laundry, dishes, cleaning, driving. I feel when you really, really think about it, it's kind of a, a sad amount of life is it's too much. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Those like necessary tasks. So been thinking about that this week as I'm doing laundry and dishes and whatnot. Yeah, nice. Um, what about you? What have you been thinking about? So my serious one, um, it's kind of been one that I've been thinking about like all summer. Um, I don't think we talk enough about how hard adulthood is. Mm. <laughs> um, like there are so many things out there that, um, and, and maybe it's just me, um, that I didn't really know about you know, as a kid growing up, um, you know, as you're growing up, you kind of look at adulthood as, you know, like that's the ultimate freedom, you know, you can do whatever you want, you know, you're, you'll have, you know, a job, you're going to be making money, you can spend your money however you want. Uh, but the reality is like, I mean, everything just has at least some degree of difficulty to it, you know, um, <laughs> If you, you know, want to buy a house, you know, there's like a huge barrier to buying a house. Um, and once you get to that point, um, there's still so much stuff that can and will go wrong at some point. You know, if your furnace or air condition goes out, well, guess what? You got to pay someone a lot of money to fix that or replace it. Um, if a tree in your yard, you know, falls down, you got to pay someone a lot of money to, you know, cut the rest of it up and take it away. Um and that's even if it doesn't cause any damage to your house. Right. Um, you have so many different things that you need to do, you know, in addition to, you know, those little menial daily tasks like laundry, dishes, whatever. Um, like if you want to stay in shape, you've got to budget your time to make sure you can, you know, fit in that exercise, which is, um, you know, important to do for, you know, just about everyone. Um, and then you soon learn that there just are not enough hours in the day. And I mean, I don't know. I didn't know it was going to be this hard. <laughs> <laughs> so with that being said, if you could go back to your, your younger self, it could be a year ago, five years ago, college, high school, whatever. Is there anything you'd want them to know? Like that would make maybe adulthood easier or that like, yeah, maybe maybe going off of what I said, that would make things more realistic. Like you're, here's what you should actually expect. Maybe like, Hey, save as much money as you can. <laughs> That's going to make things so much easier. Um, so yeah, save as much money as you can and never let yourself get out of shape because it takes so much more time and effort and energy getting back into shape when you're out of shape already. So those would probably be my two things. That's very true. I think I think mine would be along the same lines of finances. Um, maybe even like going back to my high school self and like kind of challenging myself on like what I actually want to do, why I'm actually going to college, like what mm -hmm. I actually want to do in the future, like taking some actual time to think about it. Um, I don't like, I don't know. I had a lot of amazing experiences at Purdue and met a lot of amazing people. Um but I'm also like in the middle of paying off my student loans. And uh, during that time at Purdue, I wasn't exactly sure what I wanted to do. I had like a rough idea. And so there's just like a lot of that time that not wasn't necessarily wasted, but I wish I was a little bit more purposeful. 
And it's just so hard to have that long view of adulthood when you're in high school and college. Um, so yeah, I, I would think I would go back and ask myself, like, what do you actually want to do? Like take some time to, to think, I think that would be, would be my big thing. Yeah. It's really hard to plan ahead. Um, you know, especially as you're going from, you know, phase of, you know, childhood or, um, you know, teenage years to adulthood. Um, it's hard to plan when like, you don't know anything about <laughs> what that's going to look like. Um, and you don't know what sure. to expect, but yeah. That's a great point. And uh, one of our other assistant coaches um, and I, we went to uh, the Carmel football game this past, um, this past weekend. And it's just like being around so many high schoolers, like I am daily with, with the team, but in that sort of like social atmosphere, it just reminded me of like, I don't know, there's just like so much pressure right in front of you, whether it be like with school, um, with athletics, the social app, like aspect of things. Um, kind of going back to what I said, like it's just so hard to think past like what's right in front of you because there's just so much on their plate as high schoolers. Um, it's yeah, it's tough. <laughs> it's tough being a high schooler. Right. It, it is, may yeah. seem. Uh, well, cool. We're going to get into your story. We usually start from the beginning. So we're going to do that here. Uh, how did you get your start in running? What were the beginnings like? Did you do other things? Were you interested in other sports or activities? Uh, what was the beginning like? Yeah. So growing up, I, I played a lot of sports, not necessarily um, organized sports um, like I did play like little league baseball and um, like youth basketball leagues and all that stuff but um, like almost every day and especially every weekend growing up um, I lived in a neighborhood that I was fortunate to have like another or a lot of other kids my age um, that lived in this same neighborhood so we were always playing you know basketball like in the street or um, you know football or baseball in the backyards or whatever so uh, I was always very active and um, from a pretty early age, like I thought that I was just like always, you know, really fast. Like I, I could always outrun all the other neighbor kids um, <laughs> and, and I'm talking about sprinting here. I had no idea what distance running was or um, that that was even really a thing, but um, you basically just say, Hey, you, you want to go race to that light pole over there? And I'd be like, yep. And we would do it and I, more often than not, I would win. And, um, so I, I just thought, you know, I was just the fastest little kid in the world. Um, well, anyway, fast forward to fifth grade and, um, Matt Sweetman, who's, you know, the current boys and girls coach at Franklin central. Um, he was, uh, teaching there and he, uh, put together this after school cross country program, um, and it was, it wasn't like a super serious thing. It was, you know, meet after school for a couple days a week, um, during the fall. Um, and I didn't, didn't know what cross country was. I just knew that it involved running. I thought I was really fast. So I was like, Hey, I'll give this a shot. Um, so the first day you go, um, everyone runs a mile race and, um, I didn't know anything about running at all. So I showed up in basketball shoes. Uh, just because that's what I wore to school that day, and that's what I wore every day. Um, but we went out and ran this mile race, and I ended up finishing second. 
Um, I want to say my time is like around 6.40 or so. Okay. Um, and that didn't mean anything to me at the time either. Yeah. But um, I, I knew what second place was. So I was like, hey, that was not too bad. Like it, it kind of sucked. Like that was hard and it was a long time to run. Um, but it was fun. So I, I stuck with it. And um, by the end of the year, I think, I want to say I was around 620 by the end of the year. Um, still second place to the same same other boy, um, but it just kind of grew from there, and I just stuck with it ever since. Yeah. So how old were you at that point where you ran the mile? Oh, so fifth grade. I think yeah. I would have been like 10 or 11. This episode is brought to you by Olipop. Olipop is a healthy and delicious alternative to soda. Available in 14 flavors, including cherry vanilla, cream soda, and my personal favorite, classic root beer, Olipop combines prebiotics, plant fiber, and botanical extracts to support your digestive health with less than 5 grams of sugar and 45 calories in each can. Indiana Runner podcast listeners can get 15% off at checkout with code IRPODCAST15. If you'd like to support the podcast and are looking for a healthy and delicious alternative to soda, check out Olipop today. Yeah, okay. So do you... So you realized that you enjoyed running fast, you enjoyed competing, um, enjoyed winning at, at a certain level. Did you really enjoy the sport right away or was that more of a, a gradual um, enjoyment, I guess? Yeah, that was definitely a gradual thing. Um, like, it, you know, that whole cross country, you know, program or practice, whatever you want to call it, it was, you know, pretty laid back and casual, you know a lot of times it was, you know, just meet and then run maybe two or three miles that practice or, Hey, today we're going to play some ultimate Frisbee. Um, so it was, it was very fun for, you know, a lot of, a lot of the kids, you know, it wasn't really, or it didn't feel like how, you know, cross country practice would feel like, you know, in middle school or high school or anything like that. Um, so I, I just thought it was really fun and I enjoyed the running. Um, still didn't get the memo on the shoes because I wore basketball shoes still for every practice and then every race. Uh, didn't actually wear running shoes until like the end of sixth grade. Um, but I mean, it, it was a lot of fun. I enjoyed it a lot. Yeah. So you said you, went, you ran what, 650 or 640 your first race? Yeah, somewhere around there. I I don't know the exact time. Yeah, you said that didn't mean a lot to you. Um, when did the start the time start to, I guess, mean something to you, or when did you, like, realize I wanna I wanna run fast. I really wanna improve. I guess. Yeah. So I would say at the end of sixth grade, when I finally made my switch to running shoes, um, <laughs> our school had um, it was kind of like a field day, but it was we call it a track and field day, and it was basically. Um, just a big track meet for you know everyone in sixth grade um, so like all of the different I think they were called learning communities were split up into different teams and um, it was just like a normal track meet they were you know all different events and um, it was all scored out by learning community and at the end of the meet you had a you know a team champion um, we did have like a a record board in our gymnasium, um, like for that meet. Um, 
and like you know you go to gym class you know once or twice a week and you see that and it still doesn't mean anything but then when you go out there and you're like okay like i know kind of what times i've been running and i see what the record is um you know maybe maybe just maybe we can you know see if we can compete with those times um so on that track and field day i ran the 1600 and the 800 um well the the boy that would always beat me his name is matt shaw um he still beat me in the mile like he he just put me in the dirt like over the last 400 meters or so and i think he ran like 545 which was the school record um i think i was maybe a little under six minutes or so uh, but then we both came back and ran the 800 and i just had it in my mind i was going to stick with him <laughs> and um just gonna stay right behind him until the very end and you know i was i was determined to beat him and that's just the way that it worked out i stuck right behind him it was such a hard race because i had never pushed myself like that before and ended up getting him in a lean right at the line wow um and that 800 ended up being the school record there as well but that's when the times started to actually mean something to me that's cool that's when uh, your second favorite thing about running was born, probably catching people at the line. <laughs> that was the birth right there. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's awesome. Do you remember if your uh, your learning community or whatever won? Uh, we did actually. Yeah, mine. Uh, my team was the winner. Um, I, I was only a small part of that. We had um, some other people that did super well. Like I think we had maybe the best sprinter. Um, one of our boys won the shot put um, and I think we had a good jumper or two or something. I don't know. It, it We won. I don't know what the points were, but I, I don't think it was super close. Yeah. So for Lost. Franklin Central, do you guys have intermediate and junior high or is it middle school? Oh gosh. I think, um, I think we do have intermediate and middle school now i know back when i went through it was elementary intermediate middle and then high school okay i think at some point in between then and now it changed but then it also changed back I don't okay know. i've had a hard time keeping up yeah so when you were there in sixth grade is that are you in an intermediate at that point yeah that was intermediate school okay so then when you go to junior high or middle school or whatever it's called um yeah. Is it is it a more serious program at that point, or what what did that time look like for you? Yes, definitely. Um, that was you know definitely more regimented. Like you know, once you're in school, you've got practice every day, um, and like you have you know dual meets during the week or whatever. And that was also my first introduction to summer training. Um, uh, at this point, I still didn't really know anything about anything. Um, so I was just, you know, enjoying my summer like a normal pre-seventh grade kid. And the coach, um, like he knew of me because he, you know, he follows, you know, which kids are coming in. And um, having that program that Sweetman ran was a big help. So you could see, you know, what kind of talent level is coming in. Uh, but he contacted my mom and he's like, hey, um, like, are you guys busy this summer? Like, you know, we're having these practices like twice a week. You know, we really think that Jason should come and practice. And then I was kind of like, oh, 
okay, I guess, <laughs> I guess I'll start going. Um, so yeah. Yeah. So if you had, didn't go to those practices, would you have run all summer or you think we just sort of, I mean, done normal seventh grader things and just hung out? Probably would have done normal seventh grader things. <laughs> yeah, for sure. It, it did change after seventh grade and before eighth grade. Um, we also had, um, another like incentive um it was called like the 100 mile club um so if you like you know log your mileage that you run over the summer and if you run at least 100 miles you get your name on a shirt and you get one of the shirts oh cool um, so i made that a goal of mine going into eighth grade um because i i soon realized okay like you know the more you run the faster you actually get um <laughs> it started to click for me that way um but yeah, I took it a lot more seriously after that. Yeah, for sure. So that that summer before eighth grade that you're running at least 100 miles, um, are you improving a lot during that time? I think so. Um, it's It was hard to measure. Um, like my times, my race times, you know, during the fall did get quite a bit better, but um, I didn't know or I, I couldn't feel how much I was improving, you know, just based on what the running was like. Um, since I was still so new to all of it, um, I didn't really know what it was supposed to feel like. So I was just, you know, out there running. Um, we had like this, it's kind of just like a little loop in our neighborhood. Um, if you run around it like three times, it's a mile. So that was like my, my go-to spot to run. I would just go, run a lap pretty much around the block um and i would do that you know a few times a week or whatever but yeah okay so how was the the transition to, to high school what were your expectations heading into it i guess um so at that point um i didn't know what to expect i knew that it was a lot more serious um the big thing was I knew that I'd be running against people that were like 18 years old yeah. and I'm, I'm going into high school, like 13 years old, that that feels like an eternity of difference, mm -hmm. um, you know, just in time and also maturity, body development and all that. Um, so that made me a little nervous. Um, but I had a, a great group of seniors um, that were there when I was a freshman um, that was, you know, Scott Lassiter, uh, Joe Tallhelm, Zach Jenkins, you know, they were, um, kind of like the, the unquestioned top three of the team, you know, team leaders. Um, they definitely kind of took me under their wing. Um, you know, they didn't try to, you know, just bury me every practice or anything like that. Um, uh, it was very helpful being able to run with them, see what they do. Um, take examples from them and just just watching them work and seeing like okay now I see what I'm supposed to do um, that definitely made the transition easier um, I would have no idea what I would do if I didn't have someone to look up to like that yeah so you had a ton of success right out of the gate you're 19th at state in cross country sixth in the 1600 freshman year in track um, did you expect to have that much success? And what do you think contributed to having that much success early on? 
<laughs> no, I did not expect that really. Um, I, I knew like from middle school, I was, you know, one of the top runners in, you know, my class going into high school. Um, so I knew where I stood amongst, you know, other incoming freshmen, but I didn't know what it was going to be like running against, you know, sophomores, juniors, and seniors. Um, and you're also going up in distance too. You're going from 3K to 5K. Um, but it was just like a lot of, you know, just training and improving, um, putting yourself out there in certain races. Um, like I, I had a big breakthrough at Flash Rock my freshman year. I think I ran like right at 16 flat. Um, and that was a big confidence boost. Um, that's when I was kind of like, okay, I, I think I can actually compete with these guys, you know, regardless of how old they are. Um, and just kind of, you know, steadily improved, even if my times weren't improving, I think I was getting better and more acclimated to just the training portion of it. Um, and then ended up PRing again at semi-state, I ran 15.55. Um, and then we were, I want to say we were fourth in the semi-state, but we knew we were advancing to the state meet. Um, but the state meet made me nervous because I knew it was such a big deal. We had, you know, very high team goals. I knew I was a big part of that team. So I was kind of like okay well the last thing i want to do is go out there and blow up and you know cost our team you know a high finish or something like that uh, so in the state meet more than any other meet i was probably more cautious and conservative than um than any other time i had been previously um so i i went out you know not slow but you know pretty controlled and my goal was to just, you know, I'm just going to do what I can to move up in the second half of the race um, and then, you know, just finish hard. Um, I executed that, you know, pretty well, and I finished very hard. Uh, maybe I had too much left in the tank. I don't know. But um, I think I must have passed, you know, around 10 people um, from, like, the start line to the finish line at Laverne. Um, so that's – that's where the All-State came from. I, I had no idea what place I was in. I was just trying to pass as many people as I could, and I was fortunate enough to end up 19th. But um, I was you know very pleased with that. Unfortunately, we were sixth place as a team, so we just missed out on the podium. Um, that was kind of gut-wrenching, um, not even really for me, but seeing that group of seniors that had worked so hard, um, you know, that was the goal all year is to finish on the podium. And, to be so close and miss it, um, it just, it hurt me for those guys. If you'd like to continue listening to this episode of the podcast, you'll need to subscribe to our Patreon at patreon.com forward slash Indiana Runner. Once you do, you'll get access to all full-length episodes of the interview portion of the podcast, in addition to other subscriber-only content, including extra content on race previews and recaps, book club episodes, the ability to ask my guests questions, and much more. Thanks again for listening to and supporting this podcast. I look forward to connecting with you on Patreon.